You're listening to Wikisleep, a podcast designed to help you relax and unwind through calm, quiet storytelling. I'm your host, Adrian Sala. If you're among the thousands of people who listen to this podcast each week, you're probably aware that Wikisleep is becoming an app. The app will have all the same great content as the podcast, plus much more. There will be ambient, brainwave tracks for sleep, new stories and histories, additional narrators, sound baths, and a bunch of other great sleepy content all designed to help you switch off and wind down. I strongly encourage you to go to wikisleep.com and sign up for early and extended free access. It only takes a few seconds and will help me immensely once the app is launched. I should also mention that once it is launched, all the content you find through this podcast will only be available there. So simply go to wikisleep.com and add yourself to the growing list of listeners already signed up for what I promise will be a fun and effective app. Tonight, I'll be reading to you about Tulip Mania, a true story from a book called Memoirs of Extraordinary Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds by Charles McKay. The book itself is an exploration on the oddity of human behavior and the strange things we, as a group, have collectively made happen, such as the mass hysteria behind the Salem Witch Trials. In this story of delusion, we'll be hearing about one of the first financial bubbles to ever happen and, perhaps the most peculiar, in which Dutch tulips became so inflated in value that they were traded as currency on the Dutch Stock Exchange. At the height of the hysteria, tulip brokers made and lost fortunes. Wealthy people became poor, poor people became wealthy, and then it all came crashing down and left people holding the flowers broke and optionless. The tulip, so named it is said from a Turkish word signifying a turban, was introduced to Western Europe about the middle of the 16th century. Conrad Gesner, who claims the merit of having brought it into repute, little dreaming of the commotion it was shortly afterward to make in the world, says that he first saw it in the year 1559 in a garden at Augsburg, belonging to the learned counselor Herwart, a man very famous in his day for his collection of rare exotics. The bulbs were sent to this gentleman by a friend at Constantinople, where the flowers had long been a favorite. In the course of ten or eleven years after this period, 
tulips were much sought after by the wealthy, especially in Holland and Germany. Rich people at Amsterdam sent for the bulbs direct to Constantinople and paid the most extravagant prices for them. The first roots planted in England were brought from Vienna in the year 1600. Until 1634, the tulip annually increased in reputation until it was deemed a proof of bad taste in any man of fortune to be without a collection of them. Many learned men, including Pompeius Angelus and the celebrated Lipsius of Leyden, the author of the treatise De Constantia, were passionately fond of tulips. The rage for possessing them soon caught the middle classes of society, and merchants and shopkeepers, even if moderate means, began to vie with each other in the rarity of these flowers, and the preposterous prices they paid for them. A trader at Harlem was known to pay one half of his fortune for a single root. Not with the design of selling it again at a profit, but to keep in his own conservatory for the admiration of his acquaintance. One would suppose that there must have been some great virtue in this flower to have made it so valuable in the eyes of so prudent a people as the Dutch. But it has neither the beauty nor the perfume of the rose, hardly the beauty of the sweet, sweet pea. Neither is it as enduring as either. Cowley, it is true, is loud in its praise, he says. The tulip next appeared, all over gay, but wanton, full of pride, and full of play. The world can't shoe a die, but here has place. Nay, by new mixtures she can change her face. Purple and gold are both beneath her care, the richest needlework she loves to wear. Her only study is to please the eye and to outshine the rest in finery. This, though not very poetical, is the description of the